0: hey everybody how you all doing welcome to good vibes jason b i had an interesting conversation with integrity radio with sifu z we talked about music martial arts a little bit of life and um perspectives on different things
1: so uh stay tuned good times B, how you doing? What am I saying? Good times. We know, it's, we know it's early. I'm already calling you the wrong name.
0: <laughs> you mean good vibes, Jason B? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's all, good times, good vibes. It all works for me. It doesn't matter. How are you doing this
1: morning? All right, man. How are you doing?
0: On the road, man. Uh, just uh, traveling a little bit for my work. Uh, I work as, a, as an attorney, so uh, yeah, I stay pretty busy.
1: No kidding. You're an attorney yeah yeah that's interesting so, uh, yeah. <laughs> no i, I try no, not to uh, um i thought you had worked in the um uh, as a social worker or something
0: no i just put out that perception a lot <laughs> so the reason why is because i don't want people to think that all lawyers are like me or i'm like all
1: well you know, you've done other you, you've done a great job because I would not have uh, guessed that. i have i you know i have a a good handful of friends there lawyers and um so i you know i i thought i had my uh uh my l- lawyer radar was working but not with you
0: <laughs> yeah one of the things is is like um with my profession you kind of have to keep you know um some I don't know. You got to keep guard. You can't give out your identity too much, especially when you're speaking on a platform like this. You know, um, when you're podcasting, you don't want people to get the wrong image. You don't want people to under- think the wrong thing about you. You know, a lot of times when people look for an attorney, they're looking for someone of an expert in knowledge. And if you show too much emotion, um, that could jeopardize that kind of outlook know that reliance so um, it's there's two separate parts of my life and uh, my career is definitely one part of my life and then when I get to podcast it's you know it's a completely other you know I can just be me and not worry about what I have to say and how I have to say it
1: well that's that's really interesting because now you know I've been listening to you for for a while now and, you know, every time you, you're always trying to get a picture of who this person is and what their life is about. And, you know, you can only get so much of a picture from, uh, you know, what people are willing to give um, in public. But, you know, it it's still it doesn't stop you from trying to, you know, kind of figure stuff out. And now that it, 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 it all. Yeah, I, I, I could see. Um, now some questions that I had make sense now, <laughs> mostly in that you um, uh, your propensity to, uh, uh, you know, you're a, you're a people person and, uh, you know, you like to, um, you know, you kind of like, uh, observing people and, and, and whatnot. And, um, and, and when I learned, when I heard that, that, uh, <sighs> Yeah, I was trying to place that, you know, from what I know of you thus far. Right? <laughs> so, so yeah. Like, okay, now that makes sense. Because, you know, if you're a lawyer, then there, um, you know, you follow protocol when you're a lawyer, right? Right. And so there's parts of your character that, um, you know, there's a, uh, parts of your character from what I know from what, listening to your show. Um where uh you know you you uh the, you know you you know you've got this uh a uh, dualism going on right because uh, there's a part of you that uh that isn't that and then there is a part of you that is that and so f- from someone on looking not knowing that you're a lawyer you're going hold on what this might be me being a magician and always observing people myself <laughs> and trying to break people down and, and, uh, and guess people, but yeah. Okay. That, this makes sense. But what I'm really interested in and why I really wanted to talk to you was, uh, who, who do you train jujitsu with?
0: Uh, Charles Gracie. Um, I, I train out of uh, the Charles Gracie Tracy Academy in Tracy, California. Um, I just started this year, so I'm still a white belt. And I also go to another one of his studios in Stockton, California. Uh, that's a, a, a Charles Gracie affiliated. And then a, there's another
1: one in Modesto. Wait, uh, the, uh, um, like um, the are you talking Caesar Gracie's thing? No, separate. No, Charles. Charles. Yeah, Gracie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: I don't. I'm. I i do not know the total family lineage. I know that uh, he's like the grand, like I think the grandson of the grandmaster of them all, or something like that. Yeah. And he's got like more than thirteen different studios <laughs> across Northern wow. California. And he's, you know, I don't know how he does it, but he goes to each one of them, you know, and it's kind of a franchise, I guess you would have to say. But I happen to be lucky enough to go to his main training academy in Tracy, which I feel like is the biggest biggest one of them all. And, you know, I meet all the black belts that come from Northern California. Um, I see some of the famous people uh, that come in and train every so often. Um, I've seen, that uh, I think, one of the Diaz brothers. Right, you know? right. I don't know which one. Yeah, the Diaz brothers uh, are, are they,
1: Caesar Gracie. They're they come from Caesar Gracie, yeah. right? Right,
0: and those guys are just amazing at their jujitsu. Right. I mean, I like I like their ghettoness and and when they're MMA MMA. But when you watch them really work at their their their, their jujitsu itself, I I feel like they're artists they true well, they show and they show what that, they're
1: literate at right <laughs> they show their their literacy you know the Diaz brothers when they do their jiu-jitsu they, they show how actually smart they are
0: <laughs> yeah it, I think it's you know part speak you know what I mean and and part of it is like when you when you're not trying to an MMA or whatever uh, UFC champion, they're um, you know they they have to put on an act to make money, and then they also oh yeah, have to be serious, you know. Yeah, so. it's
1: a uh, it, it's all entertainment really. So you know, it's a uh, uh, sport and entertainment really is a fine line between the two. But uh, well, that's great, man. I'm uh, uh, you know I I started training in jiu-jitsu jitsu uh from Helsing Gracie, uh the the Helsing Gracie camp. I didn't get to train uh-huh. with him uh very much, but uh back oh geez, back in the late nineties I guess I started. Oh wow so you've been out of uh, quite a while then. Yeah, yeah. I think uh I've only I've been training in jujitsu one year less than uh Wing Chun. <laughs> Uh, but oh, okay. yeah, I've, I've been training in martial arts since I was like four years old or six years old or something like that. You know, uh, but I, now I've uh, only begin. To, I've
0: only begin to uh, understand or or semi comprehend what Wing Chun is. You know, because I mean, I, I was always a, like a Bruce Lee fan, but I, I knew he got his basis from Wing Chun style.
1: Mm-hmm. Now I've
0: not been a martial artist all my life, but I've been a boxer. A lot of my life and a lot of the principles that you have in boxing are applicable because of you know you're learning how to not just take a punch but how to get out of the way of a punch or and so forth so um what what got you into Wing Chun I mean or just even to be a martial artist you know um to begin with
1: well, my uncle was a green beret in Vietnam, and so when he came back from Vietnam, he, he didn't have any work, so he wound up babysitting me uh, pretty much for free, and he had to get creative, so uh he would he taught me how to fight, and then he would uh sort of have uh, fights with me and the uh the neighborhood kids, you know, and I guess uh-huh. they, I guess they would bet on us or something, sort of like chicken fights or something. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of like, kind of in a way, a way I grew up. Well, uh, me and my brother, we grew up fighting each other all the time. So my mom always thought, well, instead of letting them beat each other with uh, bare knuckles and me having to go to the emergency room for, you know, broken knuckles and fingers, I'm going to put these boys into boxing. And that's basically how we got into it. (laughs) And well, I mean, my mom's hardcore Irish. That's just where Boil down to is you know if you're going to fight each other then do it right <laughs> you know and it doesn't matter how big you are it's the fight and the fighter you know so yeah my brother's rung my bell and i'm five years older than he is and uh you know it's and, and likewise but now we respect each other and so that's kind of like one of the cool things um so with your uncle being a green beret i mean did that have a lot of influence on you too not just in martial arts but you ever think about going in the army at at any time or?
1: Oh man, I, I, I just was raised in the wrong period because I was raised as a sort of a a hippie native American wannabe, uh, (laughs) you know, Uh, and then at the same time I had this great appreciation for, um, military. Uh, I, I even at one point, uh, was hoping that my parents would uh, put me into LaSalle Military Academy. But my issue it was I was brainwashed into thinking that my long hair was very important <laughs> and that that I had to have long hair. And so it was just one of those silly things where um, is you know, had, had I uh, not been indoctrinated into uh, hippie culture, you know, pseudo-hippie culture, not not – you know, we're, talking, now, we're talking 1970s here. Yeah, I'm an old guy. <laughs> uh, well, I feel you. I mean, I'm
0: 46. I lived through the 70s. At least I remember some of it,
1: and then remember
0: part of the 80s and 90s. And the rest, I can care less for. I mean, yeah. <laughs> But But um, yeah, I grew up with in that era of like watching kung fu flicks on Saturday mornings or Saturday mid-Saturday mornings. You know, um, of course, watching Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, you know, uh, I grew up in that area, you know, that I, I wanted to be in the martial arts but my mom was like, it costs too much damn money for you and your brother, so you're staying in boxing, and I'm like, well, that just sucks, you know, <laughs> but in a way, she did us a favor because most street fights can be solved in basic boxing. So I got to thank her for help preparing me for altercations that I would either get to school or in the military or even still today. I mean, uh, you know, not that I like to go and seek a fight, but I'm not one to just take a punch and walk away either. So, <laughs> you know, but um, it's interesting. So um, you said something about your long hair. Um, you were indoctrinated with a philosophy now. I'm more on, I'm, I'm an alternative science kind of a person and theological kind of person. I, I have a degree in philosophy. And one of the things that I was studying at one time was Native Americans, how in Vietnam and part of Korea, they didn't want to cut their hair because part of their tracking skills, they believed that it relied on part of having their long hair, and they didn't want to mess with that. Do you think that that has some kind of validity to it i mean uh you know their ability to work within not just nature but notice things and feel
1: things differently by having long hair you know uh I certainly thought so at the time. you know I think it's classic um folklore of uh Samson and his long hair and uh you know uh Uh, So, I think uh, whatever you think, you know, if if you think (laughs) that that is how it is, then, um, you know, the the, the brain is a powerful thing, right? So, uh, uh, however you think can kind of lead you into uh, those directions. Um, So, uh, yeah, and also, you got to remember the the 70s and rock, you know, I'm a rocker. So, you know, having the long hair, the, to, uh, mimic my, uh, all the rock stars that I, that I so adored, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, uh, hey,
0: hey I'm, I'm, I'm still a rocker. I'm still a metalhead. <laughs> I just don't show
1: it. often. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, you had mentioned the, the TV show Kung Fu, um, yeah, you know, I I was never a, a Bruce Lee fan, but I I guess I was because the show Kung Fu is actually written by Bruce Lee, and then uh, um, Hollywood bought the rights to it, and then uh, put right. put David Carradine to it. Well, <clears throat> uh, it was that show that got me into shaving my head and whatnot. So, oh wow! So I at a at a i don't know maybe 12 13 i i started shaving the head but i would always go back and forth like you said kind of kind of a, a dualism of of uh wanting to be a uh a, a kung fu master and then w- wanting to be a long-haired rock star so i always fluctuated back and forth back and forth <laughs> right now right. i'm in my long-haired rock star phase and uh oh it's, it's all good
0: um <laughs> My girlfriend was asking me the other day, she's all, have you ever grown long hair? And I said, no, not really, because I grew up with my mom couldn't afford a barber. So either we shaved our heads all the time or, you know, the crew cut or the flat top. And ever since I got out of the military, I've always kept it high and tight to a, to a great deal. Oh, served
1: you, know, you, you served, them in, the, uh, you served them in the military, what branch?
0: Uh, I was in the Navy for uh, four to six years. I did four years active duty and two years uh, uh, reserve duty. Oh, so.
1: great. Thank you for your service, man.
0: Oh, um, Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it, yeah. But, um, yeah, so my dad, he was, my dad was an Army Ranger. He was, he was a Vietnam vet, too. Uh, my service was, like, I had two choices uh, when I was graduating high school. My mom was breaking it down, like, look, you got two weeks to get out of my house after you graduate because I just can't support you and just for you to lay around and do nothing. (laughs) And, you know, that was actually one of the greatest lessons that I ever had to learn is my, you know, she'd been preparing me most of my life for self-reliance. And so I had offers to go to go to colleges and universities across the nation. I just turned them all down. I said, if they're not paying me to go to school and I'm not making money, then I'd rather have something than, go waste a bunch of money on, you know, school and try to become something that I might like. And, uh, I do a service and I got a world education and a world view that is truly priceless. And not that I'm stuck in the doctrine of the United States military that, you know, our leaders are always right, but I feel like I got a great bunch of gifts,
1: you know, for service. Um, Hey, well, let me tell you, you, uh, you accomplished a lot of the things that uh, I I failed at, uh, you know, I, when I went to college. I wanted to be a lawyer. I started pre-law and then realized uh, I was too much of a stoner to, uh, <laughs> to try to. Well,
0: hey, here, here's a little, I'm going to give you a little heads up about that. Most attorneys are stoners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, um, yeah, it you know, it, it was, It was a false negative, but you know, that was the, uh, the conclusion. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and instead I wound up just becoming a music major, which, um, which made, which was really silly because I had known how to play music since I was a kid. So to get through music college, all I did was just memorize pieces and pretended that I was reading them. And I, I would just, you know, memorize the piece and then recite it, play it. But I wasn't actually reading music or learning any music, I so it was really a waste. Um, yeah, you know, I, I should have, uh, uh, you know, put more time into actually learning what they were teaching there. Um, but I was just getting by on my laurels and uh, and whatnot. But uh, hey,
0: it's all good. I mean, I mean, I to be honest with you, when I listen to your station, I do purposely listen. Um, I do like a lot of the abstract music. I mean, a lot of people probably who listen to mainstream wouldn't understand it or appreciate it. You know, because like I was trying to play something in front of some friends. I was listening to your station. and like, What is that you're listening to? I mean, this is artistic music, and this is someone who is interpreting a feeling or a thought, and not just trying to convey a lyrics for a story or a message. So for people to try to understand musically what you do, in, in my opinion, it may be, may be difficult for the masses, but for those of us who, who really enjoy, um, you know, different sounds. And when I, I, what was I listening to? I was listening to something you wrote the other day, and it started with an E, I think. Oh, my God, I can't remember. But it, it was like it put me in a mindset to think about actually I was concentrating on something and it gave me a moment to kinda of like unhinge from my focus. Like just kinda of take a break for a minute and just have free thought. Now when you write your music, do you write that with that kind of intention or you just you just wing it and just go for whatever you're feeling?
1: Well wow, man, I, I I gotta say that that's really I'm glad you you, uh, shared that with me because I often wonder, you know, what the listener is experiencing. Um, I know a lot of listeners are experiencing, um, uh, you know, they, they don't understand it or they, they don't like it or they, they marginalize it. They, They think, Oh, well, this is, you know, anybody can do this, but, um, it's, it's a lot like abstract painting, you know, or, or even, um, uh um, impressionistic painting you know it's uh so the approach is um is just it's just like martial arts really is i'm trying to sort of um be honest and be in the moment and so um yeah i i don't go i you know as a musician sometimes you you know a a song shows up in your head and for me uh when i do songs it's an exorcism of sorts because what happens is that song plays over and over and over and it won't stop and so you you have to go and record the damn thing and then it's out and then you don't have to hear it anymore in your head um but uh, other than that when i'm playing music i just Want to be in the moment. I want to express um, uh, just uh, what I'm, what I'm hearing in my head, uh, without any preconceptions or biases or or anything. And they and it's a lot like meditation, you know. A lot of times, uh, things just creep in. Yeah, so I'll be playing. I'll just be kind of going along making sound and then all of a sudden a jazz song pops up for like a measure <laughs> or a, you know or a metal song pops in for like a measure you know <laughs> right. and, and a lot of times it pops in but it's not expressed it's only partially expressed because it went by so quickly um but uh yeah the. If it if it's helping you to bring you into the moment and experience now, man, that's uh, about I, I, that's really gratifying for me because you know if I can if I can just relay that to one person, you know, uh, then I think I've achieved um, something. <laughs> and, and at the I, same time,
0: if you really think about it, a lot of the the jazz musicians of the thirties, forties, fifties and sixties, a lot of people didn't get true jazz or I guess say alternative jazz because they're focused on listening to big bands and those melodies, but you know, when you listen to blues artists, you listen to jazz artists, you know, and they're just doing their little be ba bop bop bee dee you know whatever and people are not getting it they're like oh cool man right on and you're like no i think you're just trying to be cool <laughs> you're not you're not getting what he's he's saying but you or it, it's not so much what i've learned in music is don't try to get the artist feel the artist or feel the vibe and the vibration because i believe that this world or life is ruled by vibration and music is just uh it's like the the show place that where vibration works within the whole world.
1: Yeah, you know? well yep. there's a saying uh I heard I wish I could attribute who said it and I might be saying it slightly wrong, but that's okay. And that is that painting captures um captures space, right? And music captures time.
0: Yeah. I I agree with that statement. Yeah. It's it's it. I mean, the marriage between the visual art and audio art. I don't think it's a fine line. I think it's a wide open space, and it's just not meant to be like controlled or to be uh, focused on what the masses want to see it as or appreciate. Like it, I mean, nowadays, most people I know they don't go to museums. To look at art they just see art on their screens or whatever and like oh that's cool and I'm like well how did it move you how did it affect you yeah you know and that's like like when sometimes when I listen to your stuff it's just like it makes me refocus on the present sometimes and not just like in my world in my head so like if I'm writing a declaration or if I'm writing a serious thought and I'm just getting stumped on what to say Sometimes hearing that kind of music just takes me away for a minute and says, okay, look at what you're doing right now. Are you in a position to basically screw yourself up to where you're not being Mm effective?" And it just kind of not puts me in a zone anymore, like makes me look around like I'll go outside if, if I'm at my office or if I'm outside on the road, look at the gray in the sky or the blue, the you know looking at the movement of cars and people and and different things so it's like it reminds you that you're still you're not just in that mental dimension you're in that spatial dimension as well you know at the same time so don't get lost in your your translations of what you want to be doing versus what you could be doing you know and and a lot like When I talk like this, a lot of people are like, dude, Art, what the fuck are you saying? But but for people who really understand in that, I guess you say theological, philosophical view, uh, they get what what I'm saying. And it's like I'm not trying to prove anything to anyone, but I enjoy my experiences. That's why I listen to a number of different types of people. Um, sometimes I can be caught up in the social gossip and other times I can be caught up in politics a little bit, um, or just identify social anomalies, you know, and that's one of the things is like, so when I first started on anchor and I, I caught your station, I actually found out about your station because I think I was listening to your wife when she was podcasting and for some reason your station caught my attention. So I went and looked into it and added it, and I was like, listen to your mashups. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool, you know. Yeah, they were and, fun to do. Uh, yeah, so definitely uh, it's, it's always a pleasure, you know, and I I just enjoy that, you know. Like, it's just like a different facade, you know, of people that I connect with, you know, in some way. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah.
1: does help to broaden our our range, and uh, you know, I, I'm really stoked on uh, you know being able to listen. I don't listen to a lot of people, quite honestly, but you know, you, uh, Patrick, uh, um, I mean, not Patrick. Uh, well, I used to listen. I, I haven't. I, I was really happy to hear that you and Patrick were communicating because I didn't know that Patrick was still around. So that was really cool.
0: Well, you know, who else asked me about you yesterday was uh, Maria Humphrey. She was, like, trying to look for you now. And I was like, yeah, he's on Integrity Radio. I see it all the time, you know. And I sent her a message. I said, yeah, I'll look for Integrity Radio. And either look for Sifu Z or Z and and just, you know, process of elimination. And she's like, oh, my God. So <laughs> what Anchor's done is kind of like, at first I believe they started out as a social audio platform now they want to move it in my view to a audio platform that makes them money
1: yeah because
0: they've changed it so much to where they don't want you well in my opinion they don't want you to be too social like like a facebook they want you to generate money because they make money off of us if we monetize but let's face it how many? what's the percentage of people that really get monetization through anchor you know what i mean and oh yeah
1: i i, I received zero dollars out of anchor I, other platforms have been able to have some success but not not anchor <laughs> but- yeah anchor it,
0: anchor's kind of like uh they have a lot to learn i think it's run by some young people and yeah. they took out some options and things that really made it unique and I mean, I listen to a lot, like a lot of people on Spotify. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll I'll take my friends that I have, and I'll go find their stations on Spotify, or I'll find it on Apple Podcasts.
1: Wow. So, uh, yeah, it is interesting listening on those different platforms how they deliver it. But uh, you know, I I I can't help but my brain just keeps going there, and and that is you know when you when we talk about art. Uh, I, it reminds me of uh, the old Tao uh, saying from Lao Tzu. It says the uh, speakable Tao is not the true Tao. Yeah, and so, I completely but, understand what that is. Uh, and, but what I love, what I love about martial arts is that you can actually speak of, of martial arts because you are actually doing. There's two people or more, <laughs> and you're doing, and so you actually can talk about that, and it and it's. It, it, it doesn't turn into bullshit at some point because whenever anyone, me, you, when anyone starts talking about art, it especially if if you're a professor of art, oh god, that really starts getting bullshit. <laughs> 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 yeah, but so you know, the uh, the speakable Dao is not the true Dao. However, when you talk about martial arts. Um, where, where are you at in your, uh, game? How long you've been, have you been training? Are you, are you are rolling and stuff already? I'm sure.
0: Um, I started back in February and I'm still going, I had to take about a month or two break, um, because my schedule got so busy, but, um, I'm trying to get right back into it. You know, um, I'm trying to get to my blue belt, you know, and it, it's just the thing about that is. I believe in jujitsu to be a practitioner, you got to go more than two days. And that's what I've been able to do is two days a week because it is something that is, uh, you got to remember through habit.
1: Oh yeah. Repetition,
0: you know, like being used to being on a guard position, you know, you're laying on your black, your back and it's unnatural to lay on your back when someone's attacking you, but finding the beauty and the patience When you're on the back, you know, and you're, for example, one of the the chokes that I learned is like the, the craw, I, I forget what, it's basically you reach on one hand behind their collar, you pull them in, and then you reach the other hand, and it's basically you're pulling them into you, or you're on top, and you're choking them out with their own weight or their own force. Right. The more, you know, and I just, I was like, wow, you know, that really helps, so, Yeah, that's basically where I'm at with it, you know. I do want to learn um, kung fu, I really do, because I feel it's a fluid, you know, art. It's a fluid fighting, and I feel that when you're in altercations, that the more fluid fighter wins every time than the power brunt fighter, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: you know i've just seen it time and time again guys try to swing you know haymakers and they're worn out after 30 seconds to a minute but the <laughs> guy that but the guy that remains calm and emotionally stable he goes farther
1: yeah so, yeah well you know, i tell you you know uh get your blue belt that's for sure get that uh get that underway cuz once you got your blue belt then you know i i i'm pretty sure most especially Gracie Blue belts um you've got your self defense skills for the ground uh together yes. you know and uh, and I think that's that's a, a great place you know you've already started it so you might as well go ahead and and, uh, yeah, and get it's, that it's man. hard yeah. to
0: remember so much because like the first 45 minutes of the class is all conditioning right yeah you're conditioning, and then you got you take about a ten minute lesson 10, 15 minute lesson then it's practice that lessons for ten more minutes. then it goes to open sparring and you're switching partners every <laughs> three minutes and you're like and i'm 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 a guy I'm at two ten and I'm wrestling guys that are two forty six two sixty sometimes you know, and then then sometimes i'm I'm rolling with guys that are 180, 170, young kids it doesn't really matter, yeah, but you know, it's like, yeah, I took my definitely my my bumps and my bruises in the first <laughs> couple months, you know, because it, it, is, it is not a martial art that you can just, like, go half ass. No, you have to put work into it. Even when you know nothing, you have to not just be defensive but offensive-minded. Well, listen, see, I got to get going, but um, I just wanted to, you know, record a little bit of an episode. It was so awesome to talk with you, and I'd love to talk with you at another time.
1: And, oh yeah. Uh, I i appreciate your time, man. I, I have to I have to pick your brain some more and uh and uh we gotta talk some groundwork because uh I, I think I have some black belt uh little tips and tricks that'll uh really help your game a lot uh when you go to roll.
0: All right, right on. Well you have a good day and uh we'll I'll talk to you later.
1: All right, take care, man.
0: All right.